You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are connected to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we're talking about how to read the Bible with Jesus at the center. So one of the things that we saw this past summer when we did the One Story, One Hero series at CCC was that the Bible is one story with one hero, and that's Jesus. And so whenever we're reading scripture, we want to read scripture with Jesus at the center, which is one of those things that's easy to say in theory, but we want to talk about why that's important and how to do it in practice. Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy. I'm part of the leadership team here at Christ Community Chapel. I've got with me the rest of our leadership team, Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, Zach Wyrock, and Stacy DiNardo. Our topic today is reading the Bible with Jesus at the center. So uh, I don't know how you think about the Bible. I know that, for example, when I was in high school and I wanted uh, to look at the Bible, I would say I would just kind of open it and whatever page it landed on it, by God, that was what you wanted to say would to you me put today. Your finger on a put verse. your finger on a verse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but over time, what I've learned, and, and we're going to talk about a lot today, is that the Bible is one story. It's not just a collection of stories, and the story is centered on Jesus. And so we should read the Bible with Jesus at the center. All right. But we'll start with uh, my first question is why is that? And then Hopefully in the second half, we can move to how do we actually do that. So first, why read the Bible with Jesus at the center? Yeah, there are probably two answers to that. Uh, One is that the Bible repeatedly tells us itself that Jesus is at the center of everything. So I think of Colossians 1, uh, you know, he... um, he is the center of the universe. I mean, everything was made for him, or by him, and for him, and that includes the Bible. I mean, everything uh, aims at Jesus. Philippians 2, it's at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Revelation 5, it's, it's at the appearance of Jesus in the throne room of heaven that uh, results the in worship. the praise yeah. and, and mm-hmm. worship. Now, that's not to speak against. Obviously, God is three in one, yeah. and we're not going to pit the Father against the Son or the Son against the Spirit, but it, rather it would be better to say that the Father and Spirit and Son have unanimously, in yeah. their oneness, put Jesus at the center of all things. So Jesus is the center of everything, whether we acknowledge it or not, he is. Yeah. And everything includes the Bible. So that's the first thing. The second thing, though, is that... That's going to be a hard one to trump with your second thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's tough to argue. Okay, right? this is, a, this is a, uh, yeah. a short podcast. Yeah, so the second thing is that... Um, the, the way the Bible comes to us, when we talk about the Bible being the Word of God, we don't just mean that whatever it says, it's right about. It is right about whatever it says, but we also mean that the way it says what it says was decided by God. So the fact that the Bible came to us, I mean, God could have given us a book of Proverbs. Right. He could have given us a book of bullet points, thou shalts and thou shalt not, and he didn't. Instead, he gave us a story that unfolds over human history at which Jesus is at the center, and that is an intentional, conscious choice by God, and part of believing the Bible is the Word of God is saying, hey, if God wrote a story and the main character of that story is Jesus, I should understand the story in light of the, the main character of Jesus. And by the way, I use the word character, not not to imply fictionality, right. just... Yeah. yeah, but I love when you uh, teach theology class and you're talking about watching a movie, and uh, when you recognize who the movie's going to be about, yeah. couldn't use the... I mean, Yeah, it's one of the things I that. say in the, um, in the class is that you should think about... When you think about God as the author of the Bible, uh, there are a lot of ways that are right to think about that. Um, 
But one way is to think about God as an editor or a filmmaker. So God shows you things in the Bible that he wants you to know. And there are some things he doesn't tell you, some questions he doesn't answer, because he doesn't, they're not part of the story that he's trying to tell. And we all tend to move toward, or a lot yeah, of people, speculate, yeah, speculative. Yeah. We yeah. want to know what he doesn't tell yeah. us. And so, you know, sometimes people go, hey, when Cain says, hey, I'm afraid they're going to kill me for what I, who's he afraid of, right? God made one family and we're, and my Hebrew professor in seminary used to always say, that's a good question. Here's another good question. What color is Abraham's beard? And you'd say, I don't know. And you'd go, yeah, because it doesn't matter. I mean, right. God doesn't, right. that's not part of the story that God is is telling. And and so when we think about God as filmmaker, listen, you already get this, because when you watch a movie, you do this and you don't think about it. You are paying attention to the things the filmmaker shows you and the things he doesn't show you. So when one character speaks and the camera zooms in on another character rolling their eyes, you go, oh, okay. Um, you instantly begin to yep. go, oh, she doesn't like him. They must have a history. They don't, And that's what the filmmaker wants you to think, because... He, that's why he or she zoomed in on the eyes rolling. Now, there's another character in the scene at the far end of the room who you don't see their eyes. You don't know how they respond. That's because it's not important to the story. And I think when we read the Bible, we want to pay attention to where God puts the emphasis. And where God puts the emphasis, way back in the very beginning, even so far back as um, Genesis 1, when yeah. he says, let, let us make man, you start to go, who's us? And then in Genesis 3, when he says to Eve, I'm going to send some, or the serpent, he says, I'm going to send someone who's going to crush your head. And you start going, okay, I'm waiting for someone. Who is that someone? And the whole Bible, the Old Testament reads as you going, is it this guy? Is it this guy? No, no, no. Then you get to Matthew 1.21. Matthew says, this is him, right? You shall name him Jesus. He will save his people. And then the New Testament is working that out. And so Jesus is at the center of the story, and God, the filmmaker, placed him there. And we should not argue with God. And I would actually, I think that adds leads to a third reason why we would read oh, the Bible with then Jesus. Then I have a fourth center. reason. Okay, no, we'll, we'll see if we do. Yeah. Okay, go. Right. I think the third reason is if you if you don't read the Bible with Jesus at the center, it'll eventually crush you because you'll say, "Hey, okay, I see the story of David and Goliath. I need to face down the giants in my right. own life." Yeah. And if I fail, it just then, means that the quality of my faith was not high enough, and therefore it's on me. Yeah, I would actually argue that this is actually the biggest divide between Christi- biblical Christianity and American culture. It's not what you think it is. It's American culture says you are the, the center of the your center. story, the and the Bible says actually there's a larger story that swallows up your yep. story, and you're not the center of it, and that's great news, right? And now those two things... Are, that's where the real culture war is between biblical Christianity and American culture. Yeah. Jimmy, I think you jumped ahead. You, that's the one that we need Did to I talk steal about. Your when we say how, no, oh. but how to read the Bible okay. like yeah. that? I would have used that. So I'm going to give the real. Third. All right, let's hear we'll it. Give the real third. Uh, I think one of the things that it does is help. Um, there is a richness that comes out of the Bible that you will miss mm-hmm. if you are not seeing. I mean, you started on it. Uh, it's almost like uh, I remember watching a movie. It was actually The Usual Suspects, mm. right? And that had a mo- that was a movie that at the end had this surprise yeah. that I had that rocked me. Yeah, and I immediately uh, watched the movie again. Yeah, <laughs> and when I watched With it, new information, right? When mm-hmm. I watched it again, yeah. I was going, "Oh, yeah. oh, I see now. I yep. see now. I see now." Yep. And to me. We uh, yep. we know the end of the story. Yep. We know it's all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So then, when we go back, we read Genesis three fifteen and yep. we go, "Oh, that's about Jesus." Yeah. Right. We 
read the story of Joseph and we say, oh, that's, that's about, about Jesus. Jesus. We read the sacrificial totally. system. Right. We read the, the priestly code of Leviticus right. and yep. we go, oh, this is what it would take for me if not if for not. Jesus, right. right? Everything. And it's almost like about when, when you read Paul, then Paul the Apostle, who knew the Old Testament so well, you can almost feel yeah. his excitement. Come alive for yeah, it. Yeah, and just go, oh my gosh, I missed this yeah. my whole life. In the and words of the Jesus. Jesus Storybook Bible, every story whispers yeah. his right. name. There's a beauty yeah. there. By the way, lest you think we're reading this into the Bible, this is what Jesus himself said over and over again. In Matthew 5, he says, I didn't come to do away with the law, but to fulfill it, meaning I'm the the fulfillment. Mark 9 of the Transfiguration, you have Elijah and Moses, the Mm -hmm. law and the prophets. They disappear, and God says, this is my son. son. Listen to him. Jesus will say in John 5 to the Pharisees, he says, you search the scriptures they're about me. You read right. Moses, Moses wrote about me. Luke 24, the road to Emmaus. Jesus yep. says to the disciples, don't you know this had to happen? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he tells them all the things concerning himself. Jesus believed that he was the center point of the story God was writing. So when we say this, we are merely agreeing with him, right. not adding to him, but but standing with him and saying, yep. yes, you're right, you are the center of the biblical story. All right, so let's move from why to how. How do we actually do this? What are some things we should maybe do? What are some things we should avoid? How do we read the Bible with Jesus at the center? Yeah. Well, now you get to your point, yeah. which I think if you don't read it, Jesus as the center, then you set yourself up for uh, a lot of pressure. A lot of either, pressure. Oh, yeah. A lot of pressure or pride. Either you're going you're gonna to succeed and you're going to say, Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I was David mm-hmm. against Goliath, mm-hmm. and therefore Take it's, that it's, Goliath. Im- it's impossible to right. not experience pride. And mm-hmm. David did, by the way, eventually. <laughs> yeah. yep. But the other thing is to have uh, is to get crushed by whatever Goliath is, which is you know can be cancer or being you know uh, a job. losing a your job, job or whatever. Like that. Yeah. And you're crushed by it, then you feel like an <laughs> utter failure. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. I, I think about Ephesians too, when you know Paul is saying you were sons of wrath, children of disobedience, mm-hmm. following the prince of the, the air. That was your old story, he's saying, right? And then he says in verse four, but God, who is rich in mercy, mercy, raised you up. And what he's really saying is you went from a story that was entirely yours, in which you lived in rebellion to God, to a story that God brought you into, that is... God's story. That's why I love Revelation 5, where they're looking for somebody who can go to God and take the scroll out of his hand, and they can't find anyone, and they're weeping and crying, and and Jesus stands, and they go nuts, and they're saying, worthy are you, because by your blood, and what they're really saying is the beauty of the gospel is we are all here, not because we are worthy and our stories were worthy, we are here because you, you are worthy. And your story, your worth, your glory. I mean, the the power of the gospel is that God and his great love for us has connected the glory of Jesus and the good of the church. He's made them the same thing. So that what brings Jesus glory is for my good. Right. And so I'll be in heaven because Jesus receives glory by my being in heaven because I'm there because of him, right? And that's amazing. Versus being told, go slay the Goliaths of your life. Go down into the lion's den of your life and have faith to overcome. I mean, if I had that kind of faith, I wouldn't have 
I wouldn't right. have needed Jesus. Right. Well, and the, the problem there also is we will all eventually face a Goliath we cannot slay. That's right. Everybody dies. Like not to it. mention that it's it not to mention that the ancient Israelite would not have read the story of David and Goliath and put themselves in the place of David. They mm-hmm. understood David was special, right? Yeah. They would have said, Oh, I'm the Israelite shaking in my armor over right, there. Right. But God raises up a champion. I'm not Daniel in the lion's den. I'm the king waiting to see if if what happens. if when the faithful yeah. person goes to the lion's den, do they do they but when you do that, I remember when I was preaching, I was preaching once at a church and I was preaching on Joseph. And I was saying to the church, you're not Joseph. You, you don't have the faith to go through what Joseph, Joseph went through, and God isn't requiring that. You're not Joseph. You know who you are in that story. You and I are the brothers. brothers yeah. God sent us a prince, a righteous prince, and we, we threw him into the pit. And yet when he came out of the pit, he wasn't angry with us. Right. Yeah. He said Forgive to us, us. "What when I said what, that, you people meant- audibly gasped in the room because it was like freedom. Like, oh, oh, I'm not being told by God, be a superhero. God has given me a superhero, and he will take me with him where he goes. I mean, that's freedom. That's the gospel. Yeah. 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 And and, and so when we read ourselves at the center, it's candy-coated poison, right? Because we all like to think of ourselves at the center. But in the end, when we're in the hospital room and we have leukemia and we're dying and we don't have an answer, there will be no other hero in the room. We will have to have the yeah. answers, yeah, and that's the candy coated poison. And by the way, not to get too like hyperbolic, but that was the lie of Satan in Genesis three. Yeah, God is not the center; you are. Right. He doesn't want you to be at the center. You should be, Eve. You should know the difference between, between good, and good and evil. Yeah. Right? That's the lie. That's the lie. So practically, then, how how do you how would we do that? So if, if you think like day to day, when I'm spending time with Jesus in in God's Word, how how do I do this? Well, I think one kind of obvious way is whenever I read the Bible, I have to ask myself, what is this telling me about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What does this say? Particularly narratives. I mean, yeah. narratives are always uh, are the most interesting thing you know, a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah. They flow. We th- I always tell people we we think in pictures. We, we live our lives in stories. But, uh, but a narrative... You can't just read a narrative, and, and your tendency, my tendency, is to make myself the center, make it about me, but to say, what does this tell me about Jesus? And then, uh, in light of that, what's this tell me about me? Yeah, you know, I have a great analogy for this. So just imagine the four of us are going to put on a play, okay? Just whatever play, Shakespeare, whatever. Ooh. And there's That's a exciting. fifth person in the room. And I can imagine this scenario. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> there's a fifth person in the room, and let's just say it's, it's Meryl Streep, right? Meryl Streep, one of the all-time great actors uh, in, in human history, right? So here's what we know. Whatever the play is, whatever the most important part is, Meryl's going to play that part, right? So whatever the rest of us are going to do, yep. we're going to start with, what's the most important part? Okay, Meryl, you're doing that because you're Meryl Street. The rest of us will sort ourselves out. There is no scenario in which this play works if she isn't at the center. So when you read narrative, the hero role, it always goes to Jesus. Jesus yep. It always goes to Jesus. I don't care what story, it always goes to Jesus. Let Jesus be the hero, and then look in the story for who is the hero acting on behalf of. That's you, right? That's you. I don't care what the story is. Let Jesus be the hero. Let you be the person at the side on the side waiting to see if the hero comes through. See, and, and that's and the, the story will come alive. I'm just telling you, the story will come right, alive. And that's a great way to look at it because you, you, you know, people will tend to go, uh, might say. If Jesus is the hero, then I have to look 
for myself uh, in the 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 foe. The but you're not Goliath. Yeah. Right, right. You're the Israelites that he's that that the hero is yeah. saving. Or in Daniel and the Lions, Jesus, you're not the, the guys who are like, if you pray, we're gonna get you right. eaten. You're the king who who can't sleep all night wondering, right. is there a God right. that if you trust Him, He He will come through for you? Yeah, you, you. Yeah, I think when you do that, because man, we are as religious people, and if you're listening to this podcast, that probably includes you. It certainly includes me. We are so prone to thinking that what God, yeah, 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 God loves me, yeah, but what He really wants is performance. But the gospel is Jesus performed on your behalf. That's the gospel. But we're so prone to reading in, into stories and again, making ourselves have, have to be uh, the hero. So we're Joshua storming in, into Jericho instead of being Rahab, yeah. who just said, I heard about God and I'd like for him to help me. And he, and he, did. And he does, yeah. right? That, so yeah, don't crush yourself with that. The other thing is, I, I, I can't remember who said this. This is not, not mine. Someone said this. That you should think of the Bible as a river. There's a main channel of the river. I probably said this. Like, yeah, probably Joe. <laughs> and, then there, the and then there are... Augustine, uh, somebody. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> One of the two. I get those confused. <laughs> then there are tributaries coming off the river. And so... You know, one of the things that you try to find Jesus when you're reading is you go back to the river. So you're reading Proverbs, and you're going, you know, how does this wisdom literature right. connect, connect to, Jesus? to Jesus? It's not by looking for a word there that somehow, you, if you twist it and bend it, it, you know, it's by going, well, who's the one wise guy who's ever lived? It's Jesus, right? Jesus is the one who, and his life was beautiful. Therefore, why should I listen to the book of Proverbs? Because Jesus has shown me the beauty of a life surrendered to the leadership of God, right? It's that kind of thing. It, it's not, it's not fine. Like, take the story of Rahab. You know, people will say she tied a thread outside her window and it was scarlet, and that's the color of blood. And that's the, you don't need that. You just say, what was Rahab's hope? That by simple faith yep. in the biblical God, she and her family would be saved. And in fact, Rahab goes on to become the great, 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 yep. great grandmother of Jesus, who by placing our simple faith in him, we are saved. So I think it's by trying to, whatever, wherever you find yourself, running to the river of the main story. And that main story is God makes promises and he keeps them. Mm-hmm. That's the simplest yeah. summary of the Bible I can give you. God makes promises and he keeps them. How do we know? Jesus. Because of Jesus. Yeah. That's the story of the Bible. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.